Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and I'm your host. My guest today is Sally Alter. Hi. Hi there, Wanaka. So nice to invite me. So happy to have you here. So I like to start with a question where you can ramble about your life, where you can share whatever you like. And the question is, how did you come to see the world the way you do today? That's a question. <laughs> That's a very broad question with lots of answers. If I was a lot younger, if I was, say, 30, that would be a very easy question to answer because I wouldn't have lived. <laughs> but I'm almost 75, so I've lived a whole life. I've had a very full life, in fact. I've, um, my parents died when I was very young. My father when I was 10 and my mother when I was 15. And that's when my bipolar disorder started. And I've been married three times. So I was married and not married. <laughs> and I've lived all over the place. I've lived in four countries and traveled the world extensively. So I've lived a very full life. <laughs> I've got to this age now where my worldview has changed because up until the age of 73, I thought I couldn't do anything. I thought that my life was over and uh, I just didn't have any hope for the future. I was just passing time, in fact. But then I published my first book when I was 73. So my life changed. And ever since then, and I've published another one last this year. So that's um, my story. Well, that doesn't tell me much about how you see the world today. So please share um, this this fantastic change and how you came to it. And maybe you want to share a little bit about the contents of your book so that we get an idea of how that transformation came about. Yes, the first book actually ties in with my worldview changing. There's um, an, an international website called Quora. I don't know if you know of it. Have you heard of it? No, it's a, it's a very popular website and there's millions and millions of people on it from all over the world. And it's a question and answer website. So anybody can post any question they like on any topic. You won't find any topic that's not mentioned. And on this website, they have bipolar disorder as a topic and plenty of other things that interest me as well. I've written four, over 4,000 answers on Quora, <laughs> a lot of answers. And I've written over 800 on bipolar disorder alone and depression and anxiety. I've covered all these things. So my first book is taken from my answers on Quora. It's 125 answers. And I've given a, a wide gamut of the things that I've answered on Quora. It's, uh, let me let me go to my book now. This is my book, my first book, How to Live with Bipolar. And it's um, it covers the basics of bipolar, how to cope with it, the relationships, because that's very important when you have bipolar. Relationships come crashing down. <clears throat> it's like a, a wrecking ball that wrecks your life. And also it's got depression, mania and hypomania, psychosis and anxiety 
and panic attacks. So I cover a lot of things in my book. That's my first book. My second book is Bipolar One Rescue Plan. And that's a very specialized book. It's about bipolar one, which is what I have. And that's the more, well, they say it's the more serious type. Although people with bipolar two don't agree. So <laughs> yeah, so it covers everything. I mean, I've, I've written everything you can think of in there. I've even got recipes <laughs> and uh, yoga poses and creative visualization and lots of organizing things and how to go about your life from day to day. And my aim is to help people better their lives when they think they've got no hope because bipolar does take away all your hopes and your dreams. Whatever you imagine for your life when you were young, that uh, usually disappears with bipolar disorder and many things can go wrong. So my book is hopefully helping a lot of people out there. So that's my story really. <laughs> Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's curious about some examples. Yeah. What of bipolar? Well, you might want to um, go through, you know, a process. You know how how the how it how things happen, how it comes about, and then how you deal with it, and how you come back to a more unpleasant experience, and so on. Well, bipolar is mood swings, and the mood swings vary from person to person. There's no set rule. Some people have mood swings every six years. <laughs> some people have them every six months, and some people have them every six days. And it's, it varies a great deal. But whatever happens, the mood swings are unavoidable. There's nothing you can really do to stop them because it's a lifelong disorder. The only thing you can do is to learn how to manage it, which is very, very difficult. When you have depression, you start off by feeling sad and guilty and worthless. And this progresses day by day. And if you're not, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're not up on it, then you end up where you can't get out of bed at all. You can't um, brush your teeth or shower or make a meal, nothing. So you end up in bed for about two weeks. And then if things get worse and worse, you end up in hospital. And that's happened to me many, many times. I've been in hospital more times than I can remember. I think I've spent 14 months of my life in hospitals. So that's a, a lot of life. That's the depression side. And hypomania is what bipolar two experience and bipolar one experience mania. And the difference between that is mania is when you lose control altogether. Whereas hypomania is um, where you feel really good about life. Everything's wonderful and you're the greatest person to walk the earth. <laughs> and you just can't understand why people don't understand you and how they can't see that you're this wonderful person. It's, it, it's a, a really strange, feeling it makes you your ideas come thick and fast in your head and you can't sort them out in time and you talk 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 and interrupt people and go off at tangents that's the usual and 
then the relationships start breaking down because you, I don't know, you upset people and lose your temper and that's mania for you. It's, it's a terrible thing and you lose many people because of it. Then when, when the mania goes into psychosis, which it does for 60% of people with bipolar one, you lose all touch with reality and your mind is elsewhere. <laughs> People can't reach you at all because you, you can't um, invade that space anymore. You're not part of this normal world. So you, you see everything like um, hallucinations. You see, like I saw, um, bugs crawling all over me, which is horrible. And horns coming out of the heads of people, even my psychiatrist. It is a terrible, terrible experience. And you hear things like you hear voices in your head and you hear your name being called. I hear choirs singing. And, uh, you know, it's a, a dreadful experience. And then you have to go to hospital if you're, if you're psychotic. So most, most people end up in hospital with bipolar one. Bipolar two, they can cope and they can still work. But um, bipolar one, it's, it's usually very difficult indeed. There are some people that have careers with bipolar one. That's if they get medicated properly. In fact, I was a nurse for 11 years. So I managed to work for a long time, but that's quite unusual. Most people have 20, 30 jobs in their lifetime. That's normal. So that's really a rundown of bipolar. I don't know what else I can tell you. So what are the coping mechanisms you spoke of? Oh, <laughs> there's plenty of different things you can do. And it's things to really distract you. Like um, you might have interests, hobbies and interests. If you can possibly do those things while you're manic, that will help to cool you down a bit. If you can, like I do artwork, and that takes me out of myself for hours and hours. And uh, also when you're depressed, if you can um, think very differently, if you can think that you're going to be well again, you need to think positively, which is hard to do because you don't see any hope. But if you can do that, you'll be much better off. I think people journal a lot, which is helpful, and they doodle. Um, what else do people do? They, they don't go out and meet people because they're cut off from society. So that's a problem. I can't think of any more things just like that. So you said writing these books about it, right? Changed your, your experience of your usefulness and your contribution to, to what you perceive meaningful, right? Yes, that's right. At least I was doing something meaningful. Yeah, so that changed your experience completely, right? Because you yes, perceived yourself mm -hmm. as worth, worth, worth it, right? Your worth life it. is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. And that's so beautiful. You know, seventy-three years old, and you got your first book out there, right? So you, yeah. so, so there's no age at which it's over, right? As no. long as you're alive, there's still, 
know, opportunity to change your mind about that's the world. right yeah there's still hope yeah that's right yeah, that's yeah I'm, I'm very uh -huh. pleased that happened to me i'm very grateful that i was able to do that in fact somebody i i met online i've never met her in fact but she but she, she told she me told i could, me I could she told she me that, told I, could, that I could there's something wrong with the wrong sound, with the sound yeah. yeah because david wants to ask the question and oh. we're getting it back from his well so david okay. you're not using a headset obviously but uh, go ahead i i don't have a headset but can, can you hear me or no yes i hear you okay so i want to say thank you so much i thought you were you were very thorough and explaining the moods that you go through and the life that you lived. Um, yes, yes. I, I guess I'm a little <laughs> bipolar too. And I do go to that to that website, uh, Cora. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, and uh, I w I'll, I'll kind of look for your name. I don't know how I got on this list, uh, Holy Spirit's <laughs> curriculum, but uh, I'm glad to be on it. Good. Um, I do have to leave, which is why I didn't want to just leave without saying thank you so much. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Uh, yeah, I, I realized I got to make a call to someone whose brother, she says is bipolar, but uh, after she describes him, I think there's a little schizo schizophrenia there too. Mm -hmm. Not okay, that I'm okay. a doctor to diagnose, but I have a son who has been diagnosed many years ago as, as schizophrenic. Okay. He's, he's now 50, he's like 58. I'm, I'm a little older than you, I'm, I'm 82. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, uh, in a way, I like to say, I think everybody in this world is bipolar to some extent. Yeah, yeah. I think having so. Moods, having mood swings. Yeah, yeah. I can identify with your saying that you have many jobs rather than having one job. I can, I can, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Because you really don't, don't like to be controlled or have someone tell you what to do. I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. When you have a when mood swing, you, you can't do the work. Yeah. Well, uh, your boss doesn't agree with how you do things. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Very much, Very much so. Yeah. I, yeah. I identify with that. Okay. okay. Thank okay. you so much, Wanico and Sally. Thank I'm you. you. Kiss and blessings. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I, I, I want to give you my <laughs> thought on, on what the world is. Good. Good. That's great. That's great. I, I see the world as a giant classroom where we come here to learn lessons. Huh. And that's all. Okay. Just to learn lessons. And uh, when you are complete, there's no reason to be here. You might come back for more lessons. That's all. Mm -hmm. I, I take that from a thing called The Course of Miracles, which in Lesson 193 says, all things are lessons God would have, have me learn. Okay. So the only reason okay. to come to a place like this and take on a body costume is so that you can interact with other people. And actually the people in your life are your lessons. Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, and and I usually, think that's spiritual. Yeah, 
yes, it is. And, and your lessons are not the people that are lovey-dovey and make you feel good. <laughs> your real lessons no, are the no. ones that you either want to defend yourself against, you want to mm-hmm. attack them, or somehow you see them as different. And you know, that's that's our lessons to remember that we're really all mm-hmm. one. We're part of one that's mind, right, right. part of the one yeah. mind of, of the love of God. Right, right. That's very interesting. interesting. I like that. Thank you, Sally. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Okay. Thank you, Monica. Welcome, David. David. Thanks for coming. coming. And And you can can listen to this episode episode afterwards. afterwards. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's published on YouTube and on podcast platforms. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much, Monica. Okay, that, that, that. I, I, I see you really have a, a do you have the regular rotation of guests every week every week I see mm-hmm. uh, I love to I love to I love to be a guest at some time yeah. so we'll set a date, set a date for, that. for that okay very good <laughs> bye now Bless bye 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 oh that was interesting I like so, yeah. both of you very much. Yeah, yeah, I'm into A Course in Miracles as well, so. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I so, did yeah, try to study Miracles, it Yeah, is, is a very, very yeah. large book, and it's full of wisdom and many, yeah. many thoughts that can be helpful. So very profound. One of the most important um, goals of A Course in Miracles is peace of mind. Yes, yes. And, and I see that you have come to a much deeper place of peace of mind than mm-hmm. you had ever experienced before. And that's why it's really fascinating to hear how you got there, right? Yes, yes. And what your journey was and all these steps. And I, I loved your description as well of, okay. of how this, this happens, how these mood swings affect your life, yes. how isolated you feel because you don't feel understood, things like that. Yeah. But what I think is really important about it is this is all experiences where you think you are separate, right? Yeah. Where you feel Mm -hmm. like as if you're separate from everything else. You don't fit in or you or whatever else, right? So this this is so powerful that you've found this experience of having your place in the world or you're having your place with humanity with the things that are going on and being able to share and help and assist Mm -hmm. and seeing your predicament or your experience as helpful rather than as a block to your your well-being yes that's right yeah yeah i'm i'm very grateful to have that opportunity many people never get that opportunity in their lifetime Yeah, and it changed everything for you. So yes, I, I would like to hear a lot more about it. Uh, let's see how we could get you to share a little more of the juicy, <laughs> the juiciness of it all. Juicy bit. Oh. oh. So um, why what don't we like start by speaking about the writing process and how it was for you to write about it and what went through your mind and how how you felt and and what happened when you got it published and what type of feedback you got, things like that. I'd like to hear more okay. about that. Yeah. Well, I 
I didn't think I could write it, of course. You know, that was something I didn't think I could do. But I had all that um, information to hand, so it really helped. I had all the answers I'd already written. So really, I had to just edit them. And uh, many, many people have told me on Quora that I'm helping them. Lots of people. So that makes me feel good. At least I'm doing something worthwhile. And my writing process, I write a lot all day. I write many hours a day. And I just can't imagine what I did before this. <laughs> I spent my life doing something, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, uh, I like to paint. So I'm always doing some artwork or um, colored pencil drawings. I like that too. So that's my distraction. Yeah, I have some questions that came up in my mind when I was listening to what you were sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you were saying in this, um, what was it, manic state or yeah. psychosis, you were having these, you get, you see things that nobody else is seeing, you hear things that yeah. nobody else is hearing, at least not the people around you, right? Right. And you need to cope with that, right? So you, also... the, so you said it was horrible for you. But were yes. there things within these experiences that were helpful as well? Or was it all just awful? It's awful. <laughs> I don't think it's helpful in the least. Um, the other thing from hallucinations is delusions. You can have delusions of grandeur, which is often the case. You think you're the Queen of England <laughs> or Jesus Christ, and you really do believe it. It's really strange. Yeah, it's very, very strange. It's really difficult to explain to people at all. The experience of having psychosis is unique. You also believe things that other people don't believe. And no matter what they say, you can't ever go against those beliefs. People can say, oh, that's ridiculous. That's not true but nothing will shake your belief. It's really amazing how it is. So in that state, these things are so real to you that um, nothing can um, give you the, um, put doubt in it or anything, right? Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, I always think people are stupid <laughs> when I'm psychotic. <laughs> I think everybody else is really ridiculous and I can't understand how they can possibly live like they're living and they're going so slowly, moving slowly and they're in a different world. It's a, a totally different world and I'm no longer of that world. Thankfully, I haven't been psychotic for a long, long time and I haven't had bipolar for three years because I've been on a new medication. So that's really helped me tremendously. The... Um, the most important treatments for bipolar are medication and therapy, and they go hand in hand. If you can afford therapy, it's very, very helpful. Talk therapy is good. And they, you can also do CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And that um, helps you change your negative thinking. So that's very good. But you really have to get uh, medicated if you have bipolar. There's no two ways about it. People say, oh, I don't want to take medication. That's the normal. 
and they stop taking it and they become more and more ill and they end up in hospital. So you really have to take medication. Lots of people say, well, I'm feeling really well. I don't need my medication. And they forget the, the reason they feel well is because they're taking the medication. <laughs> it's uh, cash 22, but I take mine every day. Well, I do have a question about this. You, you said you have, have all these things that you see and so on. What is the difference between these psychosis and these manic and these depressive states and all these things and the these states of mind that people feel are uplifting and help them cope with their life better when, when you well, speak here in various spiritual circles about these beautiful experiences people sometimes even hear hear a voice that helps them and things like that what is the difference how do you how do you reckon that well i would think there's a um a, a period of time when you're just yourself for most people now that's um, a period of time where there's no symptoms at all and it depends how long it is for most people you know sometimes it's only a matter of hours when i had rapid cycling i was rapid cycling for hours you know i'd be depressed one minute and then and i'd be crying and wanting to kill myself one minute then the next minute i'd be laughing and having a great time that's how bipolar can affect some people and it's very difficult to medicate like that. So you have to have faith and know that if you keep seeing the doctor and hopefully the doctor's working well with you, that you will be well again because it's happened to me. I also lived from 25 to 47 feeling very fit because I was taking lithium and that worked very well for me. I was really doing well on that. In fact, I traveled all of America with that. <laughs> and we've traveled for six years in an RV and we stopped off at all different doctors in different places and had blood tests and got new prescriptions for lithium and I was very well we went to Europe and traveled all around Europe did the same thing then when I reached 47 I had menopause and that everything went haywire and from that time on it's been a struggle to get the medication right so that's um a very common experience for a lot of women. They will tell you that when they hit menopause, bipolar gets worse. It's the hormones in the body that are fighting it. Well, my question was basically, what, is, what do you know? Do you have a, an idea what the difference is between spiritual experiences and the because I, it's obvious that it's um, harmful the experiences that you have in the bipolar and the and all these things what it what makes that huge difference because because of course having visions having these experiences and so on right yeah i think the big difference at least according to what i heard from you is that you don't have any control over it right you don't yeah. have any you don't have access to being able to ask questions for instance or get answers or get supported by the experience there's nothing there's no no control at all right well there is no control but you can you can um, work on it let's say when you're starting to become depressed instead of just accepting the depression you can fight it and that's something that many many people have to do 
when you have um, depression, you start thinking about killing yourself. That's very, very common. In fact, most people do that. It's not unusual. It's one of the symptoms of bipolar. So you start thinking about how can you kill yourself, which is making plans to do that. It's called suicidal ideation. And people um, need help in that situation in their lives. Yeah, so I guess the big difference is these, these, this negative impact that you experience in these experiences, right? Well, it's well, all negative. Yes, I would yeah. say it's all negative. Yeah. Like what you said, it separates you from others. It, it, um, when you're suicide, have suicidal ideation, of course, you're, you're having pretty, um, violent thoughts towards yourself, logically. Yeah. And, right. and so on and so forth. So uh, I don't know if I'm right, but the idea that you have no control over it, it comes over you and you cannot, and you, you don't, it doesn't lead to this experience of having gained something from it, right? Something positive from it. I can't honestly think of anything positive. It's an illness, you know, it's like any other illness. If you had cancer, then it's not very positive, is it? Well, the, the thing is that there's there's cultures in which people who have visions and all kinds of experiences get initiated into a path of of like becoming a shaman or, or some other yeah. spiritual function. So the question is, um, it's not always clear for one culture, something can be an illness for another not. But the thing is, it's an yeah. illness because you're unhappy with it, right? You are yeah. basically having a, a harmful experience. Yes, that's right. Yes. Well, I think the uh, shamans are having a psychedelic experience. And people that take drugs with bipolar have a very hard time of um, regulating it. So that's something you really have to keep control over. And also drinking too much alcohol, that's a bad thing as well, because it interferes with your medication. Yeah, well, it's not the the methods to have visions or have these things are, are varied, right? Psychedelics is just one possibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so luckily, there's ways that you don't need to take any drugs for that. That's right. <laughs> So it's yes. a, and yes, medications do have, or, or various substances obviously have an effect on the way you experience yourself. And a lot of people of won't take medication because of the side effects. You know, most people say, oh, I'm, I can't put up with these side effects. Especially, for example, when people take antipsychotics, they put on a lot of weight. And it's not just a few pounds, it's like 50 pounds in three months. That's pretty common. So things like that are very disruptive. You think I'm, I'm definitely not taking my medication because of this, but they have to work at it and find a medication that works. And sometimes people just accept that they're putting on weight. So they, they discuss it with the doctor and they decide they'd much rather be well. So it, it depends on what, what's your priority really. You know, it's pretty a pretty big topic right 
I'm not, I'm yeah. not suggesting anything of what people should do or not, because I don't have that experience like right. yours. But what I'm, what I do believe that there's a, there's, and of course, in miracles, for instance, it speaks of there's no degree in miracles, right? So there's mm -hmm. things that things can happen, right? Or things can change. And I think yeah, that's something well, you're you're also speaking of and sharing about is that it can change. Doesn't yeah. you don't have to stay stuck even if you have an, an experience of bipolar or whatever other experience you may have, right? It's not yeah. something that has to determine your whole life. Exactly. A lot of people say I am bipolar, but I don't agree with that because that's not who you are. It doesn't define you. I think you're a person with bipolar. And I've yeah. gone into great detail in my book on how to cope with it. Yeah, I think that's important that you don't identify with the, say, the experiences who you mm -hmm. are, right? Yeah. yeah. So you can actually go into a different level of it, right? Where you're not identifying with it. So you can right. also imagine there might be a way of having a different experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just keep taking the medication. That really so is the, the best thing. Yeah, so whatever works for you is, is the best thing for you, right? And your experience mm -hmm. obviously has been with, with have, finding the right medication and, yeah. and then becoming a contributor, right? Or being able to see yourself as a positive contributor to other people's lives, mm -hmm. right? Having right. a positive impact. Yes, I've tried to do that. Yeah, but um, bipolar wrecks your relationships. That's one of the worst things. You know, I've had three marriages. That's been very, very difficult. So they all end up Sorry. in a, in tears. I'm not marriage material. <laughs> Are you saying that the the illness was the reason for the for the wreckage of your marriages, or um... to a great extent? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's very difficult to live with a person with bipolar. It's, uh, because they can't help themselves and because you can't help them control it, it gets um, very difficult. Like if a person's manic, they're very likely to spend the whole of your savings in one day. <laughs> so that's um, something people find very difficult to live with. I bought three cars in one week, for example. <laughs> Mania makes you take a lot of risks. So, so you and it's difficult make, in a marriage. So you make decision, impulsive decisions that have a very um, long-term effect on on your life or on, yes, on the right. people around you and so on. Yeah. And, like the uh, road rage. So there if people have I'm sorry. So the what are there do you put mechanisms in place to keep that from happening or or what do you do about that so that it gets easier? Well, you have to live a good life apart from medication and therapy. You have to watch your lifestyle. 
the most important thing is sleep, for example. And you, you have to try to get enough sleep and at the same time every day, that's the way to regulate it. So if you go to bed at 10 o'clock every night and you wake up at eight o'clock every morning, you'll feel much better for it. But then of course, when you've got depression, everything goes out the window because you either can't sleep at all or you sleep for 16 hours a day, that's very common. So the whole day is ruined with sleep. And if you've got mania, you can't sleep at all, maybe two hours a night. And this can go on for days and days. So even regulating your sleep is extremely difficult. Having any kind of routine is difficult with bipolar. Another thing is important is diet. You need to eat good nutrition and not um, eat lots of junk food. And you have to eat at regular times. So it's a whole way of life. It's not just um, taking medication. That's one part of it. And it's very good if you do exercise. And um, people, as people journal, that's another thing they do. There's lots of different things you can do. And they do help, but they won't prevent the moods. The mood swings come on whether you like it or not. So what are you saying that in, um, once you get these things into place, like journaling or other things, right? You might not go and buy three cars in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll still do that. <laughs> yeah, those kind of experiences are difficult to curb. And people become very sexy. They have hypersexuality, which is a part of manic behavior, which people don't understand at all. And you can get into a lot of trouble with that, as you can imagine. And doctors don't understand it either. It's very difficult to broach that subject. Yeah, it's a sensitive subject, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, but it affects everybody. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I would like to give anyone the opportunity, anyone who'd like to comment or ask a question, because this is a yeah. really deep subject, how to live with these um, psychological disorders, right? Or these sick illnesses that are yeah. often very taboo in our society, right? So yeah. it's not like it's easy to talk about it or to share mm -hmm. about it and feel comfortable mm -hmm. with that. So I think you're, you're a pioneer, one of the pioneers who's willing to speak about it. So yeah, this is a great it. opportunity to ask some questions. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's got a question. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a question to, to the people here? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, maybe help. Maybe perhaps. Perhaps you've got some help today, I don't know, by listening to me. That's a question. Have you got any help? So how helpful is this to you, hearing yeah. this? Okay, here we go. Right. Go ahead, Michael. Well, um, as a student of the course, there's a really difficult uh, teaching in the course that I wonder if uh, Sally's got some um, insight into 
because uh, the course teaches, and so this is like from a, a very, you would say a real level one experience. Um, the course teaches that, quote, the sickness is a defense against the truth. And of course, that can be a very guilt-producing guilt statement, uh, which I, I think one would have to first deal with the guilt, you know, uh, um, and and get that under control or out of, the, out of their mind. There's a lot uh, of noise. To... I, I can't hear you properly. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes there's a lot, lot of noise in the background. Yeah. Right. Let me go into another room and close the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the question really is, sickness is a defense against the truth. Um, how would you, how can, how would you relate to that? How can you discuss that idea? Can, does that make any sense in your own personal experience? Of could you elaborate, elaborate? I wonder Pardon if you me? could elaborate. Could you elaborate on that, please? Well, um, because our spiritual reality is uh, complete oneness with God. Okay. Um, and because of that, and that's what, so that would be the truth that that statement's referring to. Okay. Uh, so sickness is something that takes us out of that experience of being one with God. Mm -hmm. Because God being whole and God being perfect, there's no sickness okay. in that oneness with God. So, <laughs> so how do you deal with how do you deal with that without feeling guilty and without feeling blamed? Um, you know, um, is that is that an idea that you can embrace yourself? Well, I hear you, and I I understand what you're saying. But I don't believe in God, so I can't relate to that. Okay, so um, you you are you find inspiration um, to move forward in your life, um, and that could be you know that could be another um, that could be an experience of what some people call God. Okay. Um, God is God is just a word, right? Yeah. And it ha and it has a lot of excess baggage uh, yeah. through through religion, but but I think all of us have some sense of of uh, uh, transcendence over the limitations that we experience here on Earth, um, and as you've described your own experience. It's been very difficult, very challenging. And yes. I don't think any, anybody here really has a, a carefree life. If they do, um, well, I can just say they're probably on vacation. <laughs> but most of us are here to, to do some work. And, and so we have to have difficulty or we won't be motivated to do anything. And, and uh, but there's something within us, I think, that inspires us to overcome our limitations. Would you agree with that? Well, there must be because I've tried to do it all my life. I know. So um, I, I think um, that's how I understand. That, that is a way in which I understand 
the idea of God. That not as like some whatever concepts you might have about that word. I don't yes. believe in I don't believe in those either. Okay. Right. Um, I'm just talking about that spirit within us, or call it whatever you like, that yeah. um, that inspires you to um, improve your lot in life. Yeah, I I believe in nature. So, so do I. Um, yeah. I think that that's probably in, in on this where we are. That's probably the purest expression um, of God. You know that we can all experience. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, in a sense, uh, so would you probably say then that your experience of mental illness is that it's an unnatural thing? Yes, I would say that. Uh, I would say it's ruled, ruled my whole uh, life. It's and, wrecked uh, my life. Yeah. Well, I must have something like that too, because um, I, I've had five marriages. Um, and my sister had was very much bipolar and yeah, finally succeeded in, in committing suicide. Oh, I'm sorry to and, hear that. Yeah, that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Very well, you know what? Uh, my experience was that she, after she left her body, uh, she came to me in spirit. Uh, it was very, very clear, and uh, she was very happy, and okay. uh, she was felt so free, and I was really glad uh, yeah. that she she had found that freedom. Um, so, more more of my experience, um, and I I think. Uh, that you're what you've said already about your, you know, that you don't believe in God and you and so on. I think it really is very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, it's helpful to me to try and 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 work through this idea of uh, sickness being a defense against the truth. Um, yeah. In the course, you know, they talk a lot about what what's called the ego and oh, yeah. uh, the e has so right and the ego is um represents our um belief in separation that we that we're mm -hmm. separate from each other that we're separate right. from nature you know and so forth that we are really all alone in this world and, and uh uh that and, and, and it's a terrible place so um that's that's how the ego is represented in a course of miracles yeah and i think uh so that's who that's what's defending against uh the truth and using sickness as a way to do that mm -hmm. um and you can see what a powerful uh, argument that is against the truth if the truth is love if the truth is joy then um how could there possibly, how could one possibly have joy uh, with a, a mental illness like that? Uh, yes, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, right. It's certainly not joyful. No, certainly not. 
no. and yet there are times when it really feels that way, like when yeah. you're talking about the, right. the manic experiences and no one understands. I myself, yeah. I worked in uh, as a social worker in, in a mental hospital, yeah. and uh, I felt really blessed to be there because I felt like I was there to, to really help the people who came in um, oh. to the emergency room. That was where I worked. And uh, I really, my, my, I, I never tried to convince people that they were crazy. Um, uh -huh. I really tried to make them, I tried to make them feel comfortable and at home and like they're, they were, they were there and they were going to get help there. Good. Um, uh, and that, uh, Part of the, the a big part of their problem was just that people did not understand them, mm -hmm. you know, so-called normal people, right? Uh, and and so-called normal people had, were frightened by them, by their Very behavior, so. and that's why they were there, and that's why they were ended up in the hospital. That's why and there's so much stigma. My, yes, and, and so my goal was to try and help them. Uh, leave the hospital as soon as possible okay. because it's a scary place right yeah. when you're you know of course they, they they have to get their symptoms under control in order yeah. to do that and if they could if i could get their symptoms on if they could get their symptoms under control in the er they would never have to be admitted and it mm -hmm. would be you know because for they they understood their own lives better than anybody else did and a lot of people as you like you as an excellent example have found some normality with your illness yes i have lately right and that's wonderful um anyway i i wanted to talk about that because oh, it's, it's one of the difficult things in the course, I think, yeah. to, I, to understand what it really means. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Thank you so much. That was well, very, thanks. Very interesting. Thank you okay. so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try and look at that course in miracles again. I have the big tome on my bookshelf, so I'll get it out and have another look. I know that's a big part of your life, isn't it? So, so I just wanted to uh, recommend another book that helped me a lot before yeah. I read The Course in Miracles. I don't think I could have really understood. I don't think I could have gotten through The Course in Miracles if I had not read The Disappearance of the Universe first. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the course is really dense. And uh, it could be tough slogging. And uh, the disappearance of the universe really brings it into, you know, like our everyday experience and more, uh, it's more down to, it's more down to earth. So, um, and it, but it's, it doesn't compromise the truth of the course at all. So I think you might want to try that first. Yeah. That's my, the my disappearance, only advice of the disappearance of, of the, the universe. universe. I've never yes, heard it's that by one. Gary. 
It's by Gary Renard. Oh, okay. Yes. I think that would help a lot. Thank you. If you want to get, you're welcome. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll mute myself now. Okay. On that subject of books that are good, you can check Love is Letting Go of Fear by Jerry Jampolsky. Oh, I've heard of that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that. Yeah, he's very famous. Yeah, he doesn't use the course language in his book, but he is back. He has the background of A Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, any more comments or questions? I'm enjoying the questions. <laughs> if anybody's got another question, that would be great. No. <laughs> anyone want to share an experience they've had with this and see what Sally has to say about it? Yeah. Okay. So, oh, there we go. We have go ahead, Lori. Okay. Um, thank you, Wanako. And uh, thank you, Sally, and also Michael for just shared. Uh, uh, and so much for sharing your story. It's really interesting to see how someone experiences it from the inside. You know, we, I certainly think I know what's going on with me, and then I share it, and I start to realize wow, there's a lot more going on than I ever recognized. So, um, and to relate to somebody else's experience is so helpful for understanding and connection. So thank you so much for sharing your experience, Sally. Thank you so much. That's very interesting. I'm trying to share my experience with people if I can. Some of the experiences you forget. Sorry, go ahead. Sometimes you forget what's what's actually happened. You know, at least I don't know why it's part of the illness that you forget. Yeah, it sounds like when you get into certain states, the other states appear unreal to you, right? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And so then it fades away, and you don't. You don't have those memories anymore at that moment, right? Yes, or even in the future. People say all the things you've done to them. <laughs> you can't believe you did those things. Just unbelievable. But you lose a lot of friends and all your relatives, they all drop off at once. I've actually made friends with all my relatives again, which has been wonderful. I've just done this in the last six months on Facebook. I opened a group of my family and I've suddenly got in touch with everybody. It's just been amazing. I now have a, a niece in a niece and a nephew in England that I didn't know about well I knew about so I hadn't spoken to probably 50 years. And I have a a nephew in Switzerland, same, and I have a cousin in Turkey. So I've I've discovered all these people and also relatives I didn't know existed. <laughs> It's been great having a family again because I've felt very lonely all my life. I have a brother in Australia, but it's a long way away. And I've, I've seen him a lot because I've visited him a lot. So that was nice. 
but um, we're now both getting older, so we don't like to travel so much. But it's lovely having a family again. So for me, that sounds like you're sharing and you're opening up about the whole thing has brought people back into your life. That wouldn't have been possible yeah. without that experience of opening up and sharing and and helping others who have had similar experiences by sharing and by having your example and your yeah. experience, what helped you and what didn't help you. And all these questions you had, I'm sure you asked many professionals, what should I do with this or that and that? And, and then you found answers that were helpful and others that were not, right? And you must have yeah, sifted exactly. through a lot of material throughout your life. I've had a lot of therapists. <laughs> I've had this particular therapist for 22 years. This one I'm with now. My husband committed suicide 22 years ago. So I've had that to deal with. It's been very, very difficult. But my therapist has helped me get through it. You can hardly believe the difference in me. We were saying that yesterday, in fact. It was very, we had a really good talk because he said, you've come a long way through all the, the muck and the mire. <laughs> and now you're succeeding in life. And he thinks that's great. <laughs> yes, that, and it, it's, it's, it's um, something that many would describe as a miracle, right? Because you, you don't know, um, you may not know why, right? Many people may not know why, but it looks like you've been consistently making one step after the other until it became visible to you yeah. and to others, right? Because right. you've been really going on this path since a long time and you've been yeah. really seeing therapists, working with them and and going through the topics and now you've come to the point where you're no longer ashamed of what you experience, right? You were able to speak about it and share about it and feel feel that you are being helpful by doing so yeah. rather than, than the previous experience of I'm in the middle of it and everything's going wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. but it's very debatable whether you share the experience or not because the stigma is just so great with bipolar. It's very difficult to get past it. And some people will share. Their, they'll share it with, the, for example, their colleagues at work. And before you know it, they don't talk to you anymore. That's the norm. I'll give you a good example of this. I went to a church for five years and everything was fine. I had all those friends in the church, it was great. But then I told them I had bipolar and nobody would speak to me. I was completely ostracized. If people were in a little group, I'd go up to the group and they'd disperse. And then the worst thing was that when I sat down next to people, they would make excuses and get up and walk away. It's like as, it's like as though you've got something catching. It's, it's ignorance. It's just lack of education. So I've tried to educate people with my book. I think that's very important that um, we all learn to accept each other, even those mm -hmm. who are ill, right? Or, or yeah. seen as ill, right? Right, yeah. Because, because it's this stigma 
makes it even worse, right? Mm -hmm. When you're stigmatized, yeah. you you may may go even stronger into the experience, right? And not mm -hmm. see a way out. So yes, that's I true. think, but like I said, I think your opening up came first mm -hmm. <laughs> before you were able to gain, regain the friendships and, and the con yeah. connection to people. And I think yes, that's really beautiful. Because mm -hmm. in A Course in Miracles, it says, for instance, you can't, you cannot change the world, but you can change your mind about the world. And I think okay. that's something that you did. You're a demonstration of that. You have changed your mind about the world. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can, I can see that. So you might, you might be so kind and describe the way you see the, saw the world before and this transformation happened and how you see it now to give us a, a feel for that. That's very hard. I guess I was very lonely all my life. And what's been said before is that I felt very different. I felt separate. I couldn't communicate with people well. I was very quiet and I had, I just tried to stay apart from people. I didn't mix with people. Whereas now since I've become well, I, I just feel normal. <laughs> and I can go where I like and say what I want. I feel part of the community. I'm connected with people I never dreamed it would be possible. I feel whole again. Yeah, that's so beautiful, you know, that that, that became an option for you, right? Yeah. Where it wasn't right. before. Yes, indeed. Especially writing books about it, that's helped me be honest about it with the world. Yeah, so it looks like it looks like a lot of the stigma has dropped, right? You don't feel ostracized anymore the way you did back then. I don't care yeah. about it anymore. <laughs> well, that that's that's a big step, right? Yeah. To to say I am worth it. And so I'm, I'm not, I'm not affected right. by the idea that I could be rejected or even if mm -hmm. someone makes the moves as if they're rejecting you, right. right? You don't feel, feel pushed back by that anymore. Yeah, that's right. I think as you get older, you don't worry about these things either. The, the older you get, you think, well, that's their problem. That's not my problem. And I've, I've begun to feel that way. Never thought I'd live this long. <laughs> I'm here. My mother died when she was 54. And when I was 54, I thought, well, that's my time. But here I am. I've outlived the 20 years. <laughs> yeah. so it's been an interesting life. You said you traveled the world. Have you noticed there were different ways that people respond to, respond to this type of experience that you've been going through in, in throughout the world, or is it the same everywhere? Oh, have I just <laughs> very much so. I went to Costa Rica on my own. I went on a coach trip, and I had the most terrible time, unimaginable. I just wanted to come home, but I was on a coach trip, so I had to go where they went. But I 
had panic attacks constantly. And if you've never had a panic attack, you have no idea what it's like. It's terrible. It just comes over you with no warning whatsoever. And you shake all over and you get sweaty and your heart's beating really fast and you're, you've got a lump in your throat and you're like a rabbit in the headlights. You're terrified. And it just takes its time to disperse. So that's what I had in Costa Rica. It was terrible. And then my, when you have bipolar, your thinking is off. You can't um, see things as other people see them. And even if you're not in a mood swing, you still have strange thoughts. I call it blips. <laughs> and I had a lot of those strange thoughts when I was in Costa Rica. And I couldn't communicate with people at all. And they knew I was peculiar. <laughs> they didn't get near me. You know, nobody made any effort to make to get friendly with me. So it was a very, very uncomfortable time. I couldn't wait for it to be over. It was nine days. Yeah, that was the worst time, but I've had other experiences too. Even from friends. You know, I've been to stay with friends that have not understood it at all. So if you're ill with friends, then who can you be sick with? <laughs> when my husband died, I went to see a friend in Pennsylvania and I was became ill as soon as I got there and I stayed in bed for three days. And you know, I was depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. But she was so annoyed with me. <laughs> you know, I'd just lost my husband and I was depressed. So I couldn't do any more than that. But she didn't understand it at all. Have you looked into how people throughout the world, the different approaches to to this type of experience, or or have you just been looking into the local, the ones around you? Well, everywhere I've been, you know, in the world, I've found different experiences. Would you like to share another experience like you had in Costa Rica, you had this coach trip, you had that experience? Did you have um, experiences where people were well adjusted and, and good at being around you? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I went to stay with my brother once about 10 years ago and um, I became very ill as soon as I got there because when you're on the plane, you go through different time zones. And that has a major effect on bipolar disorder. And you can't get the medication right when you're on the plane because you're taking your morning medications at night and your night medications in the morning. It gets so confusing. You're gaining 16 hours to go to Australia. So by the time you get there, <laughs> I was really pretty ill. And I didn't get on at all with him or his wife, or rather his wife. And that was very, very difficult indeed. She didn't understand bipolar and she just was, she shunned me basically. And that was a very uncomfortable time. So you you have all these people who were not able to deal with it well. Right. Uh, what would you what advice would you give to people when they want to get along with people who have bipolar? 
for instance? Well, I think they need to educate themselves, basically. So they can find out lots of information online. There's plenty of things. And they can read my books, of course. And they learn more about people that have this disease because it is all consuming. There's education that counts. So educate yourself. But when you're in the midst of the situation, what would be the, the first step to being able to communicate and have a good experience with someone who's going through these things? Well, I spend a lot of time on my own, so that's not been a big problem. And, but when I was with my husband, it was a major deal. My last husband, we were married for 18 years, and that was very difficult indeed. I used to get some fits of rage, which is horrible to admit, especially for a woman, because you're not just irritable or angry, you just go into a rage. And for somebody having to live with somebody in a rage must be absolutely terrible. And he, he had a terrible time of it. He made me know it. <laughs> he made sure I knew it. So, but you can't control your rage. It's dreadful. So what would be the most helpful thing I could do with someone going through these things? Well, all these things are different. If somebody was depressed, then you could help them by taking them a meal, you know, cooking for them, because they definitely won't have the energy to cook. And you can talk to them, put your arm around them, give them a hug. But when somebody's in mania, you have a big problem. There's really very little you can do because the person isn't of this world. So you can't talk to them as an equal. It's very difficult to calm them down. And usually they end up in hospital. But it's very difficult to be near a person with bipolar. Well, there must be people who are good at it. So I would like to know what what is the specialty of people who are good at being around people who have bipolar or other mental illness? I've never met them. I don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't know. Well, only thing I can say is my, my psychotherapist. That's the only thing. But um, I don't know many people that are tolerant. Okay, so psychotherapists, they, they, what, what are they doing that makes you feel comfortable around them? Acceptance. If somebody can accept the situation as it is, instead of shying away from it, makes all the difference. Is that somebody getting through? So that sounds good. So acceptance. Uh, that's a so how do you accept without getting mixed up in the whole drama right because if you're not you you might it, the the issue is i think one of the reasons why people are probably afraid is that they're afraid of getting into the drama themselves right getting pulled Most into likely. it right Very or much having so. to respond to it or having to say stop or whatever else which they don't feel comfortable with doing, especially if one knows that the person can't get out of it that way. 
So it must be very, the, this must be one of the challenges is how do you um, spend time with, with someone going through this, like when you're going through it and get and be accepting and not get caught up into your own biases about it, right? Because what is allowed to be done, what is allowed to be said, what is this, that, that it has totally different rules for a person in these states, right? Yeah. Because the things will be said that would never, would never come up to be, or be socially permitted, right? In yeah. usual circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, unacceptable. <laughs> I've so. fallen out with loads of people with this, and usually I find they don't accept an apology. That's the usual. You can write letters and you can phone them up. It makes no difference at all. People just don't accept it. My so, brother had so a lot of trouble with me over the years, and I used to write him different emails, and he'd say that they were bipolar emails. And he, he said to me, when you're about to hit send, put it in the drafts folder instead. And that's been very helpful. I've done that. Then you look at it in a couple of days time and you say, oh my word, I was going to say that to him. <laughs> so that's very helpful for anybody. Okay, so so give it some time before you send yeah. something out mm -hmm. when you're in that state. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. that's probably a good uh, good advice in, in any case where you know you're in a, in a um, particularly agitated state whether yeah. negatively or positively whatever right. um yeah that that's that sounds good so yeah. acceptance acceptance would mean what what would a so you would need someone to be able to forgive you right and and even though you're going to do it again right if you if you have this state again it's going to happen again possible. right maybe it's possible yeah. that it will happen again Very possible and so the person would yeah. need to forgive without the condition that you change your ways. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? But that's probably the truth. Yeah. So they can so forgive that... depression. You know, people give forgive depression. They they can understand depression. You know, because the stigma is not so great with depression. It's it's talked about these days. You know, people say, "Oh, I've had a terrible bout of depression," and nobody thinks anything of it. That's normal. So the depressive side of bipolar is acceptable, <laughs> but the manic side is not. That's usually frowned upon. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because there's excitement, enthusiasm, and things like that are all positively seen, or persistence and so on. And yeah. many of those qualities, I think the manic state has many of those qualities, but it yes, also it has something that is incontrollable and um and it goes it probably also gets very focused in the sense that it does things even if it is totally counterproductive you do things yeah, right. anyways yeah. right right yeah you don't think so, about it you just do it yeah and so so it's not the same as enthusiasm and excitement and these focused states of mind where where you create works of art, for instance, or whatever else, right? But you in are. In hypomania. Hmm? I'm sorry. 
Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Say I say in, in hypomania, that can apply. You know, people with bipolar too have hypomania and they can be very productive and very good company. People like them to be with them at work and so on. And they can produce wonderful things. As you say, works of art. It just depends that, you know, it's very possible that they can be very creative. But when it goes into the manic phase in bipolar one, then all that's left behind. There's no bringing the person down to earth again. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's so in the manic, in the bipolar one, the person is really detached from what is going on around them, or from what what one would say are the facts of the situation, right? Yeah. Or what you actually can see and have Correct. a very, very intense interpretation of what's going on through which they act, right? Yes, yes, that's right. And then there's, as I told you, there's these blips that cause people to, they don't understand you at all. <laughs> like, um, once, I should give you an example of that. Once when I was at church, a couple had a fire in their house and they had to move out of their house. And they were very upset, of course, naturally. And I got very upset for them. Like, I, it was my house. It felt like it was my house. And I was overwrought with it. And I just raced up to them after the service was over with tears streaming down my face. <laughs> And I said, you must come and stay with me, come and stay with me. And I forgot that I only had one bedroom. <laughs> so they couldn't stay with me at all. <laughs> but it just, the, uh, the facts of the situation just escaped me at the time. I just thought I must do something for these people. Whereas normally I would say, oh, that's crazy. You wouldn't do that. So things like that, that happen all the time. So you so to speak, overstated what you could do for them. Yes, you overreact. Yeah. Yeah, that must be hard for, for, for you as well when you have that, when that happens, right? And yes. you do that, and then you reflect upon it afterwards and realize how, <laughs> how none of that made sense in the way you did it. You could have done it toned down if you had done and it toned down and said, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Um, can I yeah. do anything for you? Right. Yeah. And yeah. you might have found something that you actually could do, right? Yeah. Right. yeah I know. It's very difficult to forgive yourself when you have mania. I talk about mania a lot because depression, you're kind of out of it. You know, it's not you're insular, you think about yourself all the time and you don't think about what's going on in the world. You self-reflect all the time. I'll give you another example of the, the blips that I felt, crazy things that I've done. That I look back on and say, oh my God. I went to a lecture once and the person that was lecturing put a stone on the floor and she was talking about this stone, how people could see this stone and one person would say, this about it and another person would say that about it and my mind was I don't know not on that subject <laughs> and when the lecture had finished I went up to her and I said how can you see what's on the other side of the stone 
And when I look at it now, I think, why did I say that? Because the stone's on the floor. Of course, you can see the other side. And she looked at me as if I, well, as I was crazy. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that happens. And, and you look back and you say, oh, my God, I said that. I was crazy. Most people don't talk about these things in bipolar. You know, it's just they talk about mood swings, but they don't talk about the, the things that happen in between moods. And I think they're very important because it affects your worldview. Yeah, that, that's very good to look at. You know, so, so some some people would see that as a very creative idea, right? The idea of how can you see what's on the other side of the stone, right? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she didn't. <laughs> it, it, she didn't, and and no. not not just because people reacted badly to what you said or did, right? Doesn't always mean that what you said or did was was crazy. So I don't know the, about that. Yeah, but I, I would, I'm sure there's instances where it wasn't crazy, right? But the reaction was crazy, right? Towards it. So you, you don't know exactly, right? And so that's where the, all this guilt, right? This feeling guilt. And, and of course, yeah. in miracles, there's a lot said about that, how guilt is, is the cause of so much, right? Yeah. So you need to learn to to relax and let go of all these guilt thoughts, right? Yeah. And how that Especially is so healing. Yeah. So 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 that's very important. I think that's amazing how you've become. I mean, you appear very calm right now. So you've become a lot calm. You've come to a place where you can experience calm and yeah. and uh, and a. Uh, reflection and a way of mm -hmm. simply reflecting on things and that that just, is that must be such like heaven to you compared yes, to what it you is. had before you're right exactly right yeah it's, it's yeah. like heaven it's just a new experience of life yeah it's just amazing i never thought it would happen to me yeah, so that's i think that's similar to what a course in miracles is saying peace of mind is that's yeah. it. You don't need anything else. So it also says you can choose peace instead of this, right? Yeah. But of course, to get to the place where you can actually choose, right? That's consciously, that's where you, there's all this guilt that gets in the way of mm -hmm. that. But right. right now, you've been able to let go of a lot of your guilt so that you can actually um, respond calmly compared to right what now. You had before. Yeah. Yes. But as I told you about those incidences, you know, you look back and you can't understand how you said those things. It's not yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah, but who we don't always know what is normal is and what is not. We do know that the response was terrible, for instance, towards it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it yes, it's up, important. Yeah, the judging, right? That's also one of the big things yeah. is judgment to judge yeah. about things. Like you were saying, what would have helped me most is people to accept me, right? Yeah. Even in, in mm -hmm. the in the crazy in the states that many people would have seen as crazy, right? Maybe yeah. if they if they accept you in the midst of that, you would probably calm down a lot faster, right? 
if you felt accepted. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. go deeper and deeper into it. Hopefully but not. I don't know. But it feels it's very it feels, you know, very it's very hard when you're used to judging, right, people to not start telling them what they should or should not do. Right. What is normal mm -hmm. and what is not normal. Right? And what yeah. is normal in one place may not be normal in another. The context is often very important. Yes. For that mm -hmm. as well. That's right. So it, it's a very complex thing and I'm and so it's a very important to talk about and I'm so happy you're willing to talk about this because it's something that really many people feel stigmatized about. Yeah, I haven't talked about some understood. of those things before. Yeah, some of those things understood. I told you. Yes. Yeah, yeah I've not so, spoken about those before. Yeah, so, so thank you for that. It's really, really okay. helpful to, to be able to let go of much of this judgmentalism about these things, right? So yeah. that you say, okay, Sally experienced it this in this way, right? And what she would feel helpful is this and this, right? And so one can learn from that and grow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bipolar so, affects your thinking, your emotions and your behavior and your energy, all those things. So it's an all-encompassing illness. Yes. It's good to know, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, uh, to educate yourself. Um, yeah. The, of course, you need to find education that is helpful to you, right? So there, yeah. I'm sure there's various perspectives on bipolar, right? It's probably mm -hmm. psychological. There's probably um, um, medication perspective and then the lifestyle perspective that you shared, right, which is very important. To, yeah. to take care of your lifestyle yeah. and, 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 and spiritual perspectives and so on. Everything that right. can help you is, is, is important. Yes, that's and right. And I think and you're sharing that you paint, you write. These are things that I think are really important mm -hmm. because the moment you express it, you're no longer alone with it. Right, sure. So yeah, I think so even writing it on a piece of paper, you don't feel alone anymore. That's true. You can do I that when you're depressed. You can write things down. Yeah, and that when helps, you're right? <laughs> it does help. Yeah. Yeah. It does. So I think that that's one of the very important things is you don't um this not feeling alone anymore, but feeling right. understood. So actually you're under even supporting yourself by writing it down, even if you're not going to mm -hmm. show it to anybody. Sure. Um, you are sharing yeah. it with yourself. Yes. Bipolar is such a complex illness that the majority of people don't understand it, and nor do you understand it yourself. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. You can understand physical illnesses. That's simple. <laughs> But psychological illnesses like this, you can't understand them. I should say psychiatric. I think that people with schizophrenia have an even worse time. Yeah, 
know, we, we would have to ask someone who who knows what mm -hmm. that's like, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what their experience yeah. was. But anyways, I'm I'm so happy that we're talking about this and we're and we're allowing some of the stigma to drop, right? By sharing this. So. Mm -hmm. And I hope many people get to hear this and get to get a, a a greater insight into what's going on and how how we can as a, as people be helpful to each other. Yes. Yeah, tolerance. Tolerance, acceptance, um support. Yes. <clears throat> of course, when their mood swings, they come back. It's just the thing, you know, people accept it one time, they say, oh, that's, that's a shame she was having a mood swing. And everything's forgiven and everything's fine. And then again, you come back and have the same thing happen again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I was saying about forgiving without <laughs> demanding that it changes. Yes. So forgiveness yeah. is one of the main topics also in A Course in Miracles. And forgiveness yeah. is not forgiveness in the sense that you forgive um, because something wrong happened and you let it drop, but because nothing actually happened, nothing horrible actually happened. So you change your perspective. You learn to stop judging. Yeah. Because, people all have a judge. This 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 judging, right, um, makes it so difficult mm -hmm. to forgive yeah. because you That's are right. saying I'm right, the other person's wrong, wrong. and therefore yeah. I'm justified in my rage or in my anger about them yeah. or my rejection and so on. That's right. Yeah, justification. So, so yeah, we we tend to judge and use that as a justification to mm -hmm. stigmatize or whatever else we do right reject yeah. and so yeah. on and so forth so yes it, it's a big topic and i'm really happy we're talking about it and i think we all can gain by learning to accept each other <laughs> yeah good night that would be very nice yeah, yeah. So any comments or questions before we wrap things up? Go ahead, Jamona. You need to unmute. I don't know if you can still see me, but aloha. Yeah. Hi. I just wanted to say um, thank you so much for sharing because there is so much stigma around this and yeah. about, you know, and um, I just want to say it's very brave and that you're bringing much light and healing. Thank and you. Uh, and uh, I know I came on a little bit late. Sorry about that. But um I, I did get some of it and I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Aloha. Any further comments or questions?
Okay, then we'll start wrapping things up. <laughs> so one, one important question, I think you answered it already, but how can people reach you if they have questions about this then? And you will give us the links to your, so when one can find your books and so on, I'll put that yeah. in the show notes, but you might want to okay. mention it quickly here as well. Yes, you could reach me through my website. It's uh, sallyalter.com. Just one word, Sally Alter. Now, we'll come through to my website Perfect. and you can message me on there. Wonderful. Okay. And thank you so much, Sally. Okay. It was a pleasure. pleasure. And uh, I learned a lot. And Good. I think everyone else will have learned a lot as well <laughs> after they've listened. <laughs> From thank the you, heart. everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, for supporting us Thank and making you everybody. this possible by being here and listening and commenting and quest having questions and sharing your thoughts. That is so helpful because it makes it so much richer, the experience. And please review the podcast, share the word about it so that people find it. And until next time. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.